Are you an accredited investor looking for a new opportunity to generate passive income and build the retirement of your dreams? Then elevate your investment game with Viking Capital, where wealth meets wisdom. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out, Viking Capital can help guide you towards financial freedom through passive real estate investing. With strong and transparent underwriting, Viking identifies low-risk opportunities with the goal of preserving investor capital and maximizing long-term growth potential. And their accessible and responsive investor relations team will help you understand how each investment will impact your unique financial goals. With $800 million in assets acquired, more than $230 million in equity raised, and more than 5,000 units under management, Viking Capital is your path to early retirement. To learn about Viking Capital's latest investment opportunity, which is available for you right now, visit go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best. That's go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best to get started today. Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, Promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. The biggest thing is learning and studying and all that is super important and necessary, but at some point, all that has to stop so you can take action. And obviously the learning never stops. It just kind of slows down because it becomes on the job training. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Best ever listeners, welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Slocum Reed and I'm here with Pat Revan. Pat's joining us from Sumter, South Carolina. He's the co-founder and COO of Vectored Equity, which primarily focuses on multifamily syndications and funds. They are GP of 163 units, totaling $28 million in assets under management currently. Pat, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're currently focused on? Yeah, appreciate you having me here. So, so currently, I'm active duty Air Force pilot. I fly the F-16 down here in Sumter, South Carolina, stationed at Shaw Air Force Base. Like you said, I'm co-founder with my business partner, Ricardo Torres. We founded Vectored Equity. He's also an Air Force pilot. We met in pilot training a bunch of years back, and we've been friends ever since. We got into business only a couple of years ago. Since then, we've purchased our first unit, our first Multifamily deal was a 14 unit in Tucson. We took down ourselves 
with no investors and we didn't really know all too much of what we were doing, but we kind of jumped in. And then since then we've syndicated a 30 unit. We've been GP on a 92 unit. We just took down a 16 unit syndication ourselves. And then we just 1031, that first purchase, we sold that in 1031, that into 25 units that we just closed on a couple of weeks ago. And we're continuing to raise for several other deals at the moment. Nice. Sounds like your deal flow is pretty steady then. Yeah. We haven't had too much downtime. We keep joking that after this deal, we're going to take a couple weeks break, but they keep bringing in and we're always looking for more. And we love bringing on other partners, other co-GPs, whatever it is to help kind of lighten the load. We feel like there's enough equity split to go around to everyone, investors, GPs alike, especially being active duty Air Force. We don't have as much time as some other people who might be full-time real estate. I'm sure other W-2 employees understand that. So it's nice to bring someone on the team that might be full-time real estate. And it's definitely nice to have both of us so we can offset the load from each other. The way that you describe these deals, Pat, it sounds like you're co-GPing with some other investors. Is that the case? Yeah. For about 75% of the deals, we co-GP either as the lead GP or we're brought in for some asset management, maybe some boots on the ground, some capital raising, whatever it is, whatever that GP who's the lead GP might need. Or if we're the lead GPs, we've taken down the deal and we understand that we might have some shortcomings or some weaknesses that can be covered up by another partner. We're more than happy to bring someone in. So whether that's helping with the asset management, helping with the capital raise, we're always open for co-GP opportunities. Gotcha. And would you say that your strengths at Vectored, you and Ricardo, would you say that it is asset management, the execution of the business plan after the property is acquired? I would say it's twofold, both asset management and capital raising. We have had success with several deals, getting those under contract, but I would say primarily we're focused on asset management and capital raising. We have an awesome network of other active duty military members, airline pilots that we have met throughout the years that we're able to tap in who live very busy lives and are looking for more of that LP investment as opposed to being an active investor. Gotcha. So where does your expertise in asset management come from? A lot of it comes from our military background. So a lot of people, when you tell them we're pilots in the Air Force, we're Air Force officers. They kind of don't understand how that correlates to multifamily. It doesn't necessarily sound like they would go hand in hand to asset management, but it's all about leading the team, organization, timeliness, meeting deadlines, keeping people accountable. All the things that we're taught since we've started with the military life go hand in hand with managing the property manager, dealing with investors, dealing with construction, anything like that, timelines, we're always bringing that same kind of focus and mindset to all of our deals. Tell me whether or not this resonates with you. You said that your military and piloting background leads to good execution on asset management and the execution of a business plan after a property is acquired. I have an interesting outsider's perspective on your industry and in that my grandfather was a pilot who wrote several books, was an editor for Flying Magazine, Dick Collins. I don't know how old you are. You look like you might be too young to have read any of his stuff. But 
that man's entire life was a checklist, not just his piloting, but every single thing he did was a checklist. There were certain activities of the day, every day when 5 p.m. rolled around, he didn't need to look at his watch or his clock or hear a chime. He just knew it was five o'clock because that was kind of a part of his inner being. And that made sense for him as a pilot because of how detailed and incremental your execution has to be in order to have success. And he wasn't flying F-16s. He was flying the Cessna prop planes mainly and doing a lot of writing. But the level of detail involved in the creation and execution of a business plan in your professional life outside of real estate, it makes sense to me that that would lend itself well to the execution of a business plan within asset management, given the level of detail and the level of planning involved in what you're doing as a fighter pilot, or even as a commercial airliner pilot, or in the military in general. Is what I'm saying right now resonating with you? Absolutely. That's awesome. Sounds awesome. I'll have to look up some of his work I'm looking forward to reading some of that. I'll get with you offline to get some of that. But absolutely, and we've run into it with several military people, whether it's they have other businesses or just their own personal life. There's the accountability, like you said, the checklists, especially in flying. Checklists are what we live and die by, literally. So all that is very crucial to us and we have taken that same mindset and tried to apply it to the business. And we try and share that also with all of our co-GPs. If we see something that we think can run better, more efficiently, we try and do that. Send in our schedules to our property managers. Hey, we have a time constraint. We have 30 minutes for this call. I want to talk about this, 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 and this. If it doesn't get to it, we'll save it for the next time or it can be an email. So that's really how we've focused our approach to asset management. That's awesome. That makes a lot of sense. So you said you guys are lead GP on some of the deals that you're working on. Some of that 75% that you work on with partners, but also the other 25%. Do you mean by that, that you're doing your own acquisitions, that you're the ones finding the deals as well? What are you doing to find them? Primarily that comes from the acquisition part of that. Most of our deals have been through brokers. The last deal that we took down was our 1031 exchange, and it was 25 units in Columbia, South Carolina, which is where we now have three properties there. And that was a direct-to-broker who we had previously worked with before we had a relationship with him. And we went to him. We said, hey, we're on this 45-day timeline. We have a 1031. What do you have for us? At the same time, we're obviously going through all the other networks. We're on the internet. We're sending out our mailers, but then he comes back in a week. He says, I've had this seller who's been on the fence for a while. I told him that you guys had the money, your reputation. I've worked with you before and he's ready to sell. So that's how we found the last deal. We've done okay with on-market deals. I know there's a lot of people out there who think you can't find good deals on the market, especially the last year or so, but we've had some success with that as well. Yeah. And that comes from getting that deal from the broker when you're in your 1031 in your identification timeline. That comes from the relationship that you had already fostered. So building those relationships, that makes a lot of sense. There are a few questions I want to ask you about what markets you're looking at, what markets you're investing in. Is it class A? But let me start with, I introduced you 
as GP of 163 units totaling 28 million in AUM. That's just north of $170,000 a door. Most of the time with these interviews that I'm doing with value add apartments indicators, the AUM is much closer to 100, either north or south. Tell me about the markets and the class and all of that. A large portion of that comes from a class A luxury, 92 units in San Antonio is a large portion of our assets. The primary market that we're focused on continuing is Columbia, South Carolina, and 50 units and less. I know there's a lot of syndicators out there who pretty much only look for 50 up, 100 and up, but we have found a niche where in between the two small, where pretty much anyone can take that down, a couple buddies get together and they can buy their five to 10 unit or so. It's that mid-range that we've found the two to $5 million properties that a lot of the big people won't look at that we have been trying to gobble up, if you will. We've been trying to take those because there's still plenty of value and sometimes even more value because of the competition level. And we love a good square footage. So ideally 900 square foot and up. I like two bedrooms, primarily over one bedrooms. 30 of our units are townhomes, so they're 1,400 nice. square foot, three and three, 2.5. So they're big units. They have high rent. So that's a lot of where the high price per door comes from as well as looking for the square footage and things like that. But we target primarily the B, B minus in the B plus areas and being close to Columbia, South Carolina, only half hour away. I love being able to drive the property. Our first property was in Tucson, which is where Ricardo was. Being there, being able to smell and feel and look around, nothing beats that in my opinion. So if I can invest close to where I am, being military, we do move relatively frequently. So it's a blessing and a curse, right? So I can be in a place for a couple of years, get a good hold on the market, make some relationships, but then I have to move. But I've made those relationships. I can keep up those relationships and I can still have that market open to me. I have knowledge on the market and it's only a plane ride away if I want. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. When it comes to scaling your real estate business, is lack of capital holding you back? Raising private capital on demand can be a major challenge, but you can get the knowledge and tools you need to succeed when you attend Dana Cornell's four-week Raise Capital Masterclass Live. After starting out with no capital or relationships, Dana has raised over $1 billion twice in the past 20 years, and he has made it his mission to share the best of what he's learned with business owners and investors like you. You can learn more at danacornell.com forward slash best ever. Dana's Raise Capital Masterclass Live allows you to immediately unlock and raise capital on demand, drastically increasing your business's growth. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, go to danacornell.com forward slash best ever to enroll today. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at passiveinvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. Passiveinvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. 
They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive Investor Guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. There's something to be said about having or being the boots on the ground, like you said, focusing on Columbia, South Carolina. Well, it gives you a couple of opportunities. One is Well, you can be the boots on the ground and you're not solely relying on a third-party manager. You can recognize and identify some things, like you said, the smells. Speaking of smells, where your dumpster is in the parking lot is not something that property managers think about all of that often, but it plays an impact on not only the aesthetics of the property, but are your tenants dumping? Are you going to have an issue with your trash companies, trucks tearing up your parking lot. Those are the kinds of things that you only see necessarily when you can put your own eyes on it. A lot of third-party managers are going to miss a lot of things that you can recognize yourself. Another piece of it, though, you said you're primarily focused on properties under 50 units. Under 50 units, you basically never have on-site management, which means third-party managers are much less interested unless you have scale. You have a few of those properties that you can give them all together. But it also means that you have to be closer to the deal. You have to have more boots on the ground in order to be able to understand and analyze those properties. And to your point, I'm an owner-operator of apartments in Cincinnati, Ohio, Pat, and my experience Let me know if this resonates with you as well. Kind of the 10 to 40 unit space has less demand than properties either higher or lower than that, because anything lower than 10, especially four and below, is too accessible to too many new or amateur investors. And then as soon as you get to a property that is of the size that you can put on-site management on it, someone is willing to outbid me basically every time. Is that the reason why you're focused on under 50 doors? Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. And like you said, the property management thing, that's a huge piece of it. So even though we get a 15 unit here, a 30 unit here, or 25 there, all that adds up to 70, 75 plus, 100 plus. We can have the same property manager running all of them. Like you said, not on site, but in the area. And what that also does is it helps our asset management towards our efficiency is even though I have four different properties, I can have one call with my property manager and get, boom, we're talking about this property. We're talking about this property next and so on. And it makes my time more efficient. It makes their time more efficient. And I can still get the economies of scale benefits with the management. Yeah. You can touch all four properties in a day yourself when needed. And Like you said, if you're willing to look at smaller deals, often your debt is not quite as good. In my experience, both as an investor and a podcast host who interviews lots of people from around the country, your debt may not be as good, but there's also a lot less competition for those deals. A lot less out-of-town money, I'll say, is attracted to those because individual properties like that don't scale when it comes to management. 
absolutely pros and cons to everything with the debt. You're not going to have as many amenities. You're not going to be able to put in a nice clubhouse or anything like that, that some of those nicer places can get the premium rents for. So it's a give and take. So it really just comes down to solid underwriting and knowing what's best for you. To that point though, Pat, I don't know Columbia, South Carolina, as well as I know Cincinnati, Ohio, but Cincinnati C-class renters. And when I say C-class, I'm talking about the property. I'm talking about it was built in the 60s and the 70s. It's brick. It most likely has through the wall air conditioning and a boiler heat or electric baseboard heat. Those renters are very price conscious. So the fact that my properties don't have a pool or a clubhouse or something like that, typically the lack of those amenities is priced in, but there's always going to be demand for that lower rent, fewer amenities space because of how budget conscious our C-class renter base is. Absolutely. And just anyone looking to save some money, one of the newest guys that we just had move in is a physician, works at the hospital. He works 16-hour shifts. He's not looking for a whole bunch of fluff and everything. He's just looking for a place to sleep. So he just wants it to be nice and safe and good management, clean. And that's really all he cares about. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. There are a lot of those people and these properties as well, these C-class properties by age and condition, at least in a city like Cincinnati, Columbia, South Carolina is older than Cincinnati, I would imagine, but they exist in a broad range of neighborhoods here. So yeah, in some cases you're getting exclusively white collar professionals who just want an affordable place in a great area. You're also getting the people who just got the job at Amazon for $15 an hour and are over the moon for the $15 an hour living in effectively the same apartment or at least the same architecture in different neighborhoods. Yeah, there's a demand. And I think if I were going to turn this part of our conversation, Pat, into advice for our best ever listeners, it would be that they should be willing to look in their backyard at smaller properties that may be less amenitized, that don't have the scale when it comes to property management. But if you're local and you can touch it yourself, even if you have a third party manager, you can be checking on that property so that you know what conversations need to be had with the manager. And you may find and are likely to find that there's better cash flow in those smaller properties because you have less competition. You have less competition from the kinds of investors who are willing to outbid you because of the scale of their capital. 100%. Totally agree. Awesome. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm ready. What is the best ever book you recently read? So recently, I'm going to drop back to our talk. It's called Single Seat Wisdom. It's a F-16 instructor pilot of mine put together several chapters, uh, short stories, just about the size of a book report for each chapter. And it's fighter pilots talking about life, their experiences flying and how that's driven them and how they were able to use that mindset. And a little plug, I got a chapter in volume two coming out on Veterans Day this year. So check that out. That's awesome. Single seat wisdom. Who's the author? Dominic Slice Tech, that's T-E-I-C-H, is the person who put it all together. But like I said, each chapter is a different fighter pilot. You'll be able to find it on Amazon, and all the proceeds do go to charity for Cancer Foundation. Pat, speaking of that, what is your best ever way to give back? So obviously, the book is great. For me, I love just talking to buddies, other people in the squadron, other 
military guys online and just talking about finances and making sure that they're doing everything that is best for them, taking advantage of all the things that the military gives us, whether that's our retirement account, TSP, our VA loan, zero down, house hacking, whatever it is to help them with their finances. It's really just trying to get all those people into a right state of mind. There's some people who don't realize they're giving away 5% matching every month because they're not putting into their retirement accounts. I'll say log on to the computer right now and we're changing that. (laughs) Exactly. Setting that up right now. You're not losing another 5%. Absolutely. Pat, within your commercial real estate investing career, what's the biggest mistake you've made and the best ever lesson that resulted from it? It was a mistake at the time because it was just a lack of experience, but it was our first ever deal that we got accepted on for multifamily. It was 11 units in Tucson for 625000 off market, direct to seller, no brokers. And it was a great deal. The only problem was we couldn't finance it. We were talking to credit unions. We didn't have the DSCR to cover what they wanted. And we didn't really know what else to do. So we just went back to the seller and said, sorry, we can't do it. We don't have the financing. And a year later, it's on the market for twice what we had it under contract for. He sold it a month later for 150000 more than what we did. So we lost out on about $500,000 in a year just because of our inexperience. So wow. that lesson that we took forward from it, kind of going back to what we've been talking about is, We are smart enough now to know what we don't know, and we're humble enough to bring in people that can help us out, whether that's in the form of co-GPs or advisors or whatever it may be. We're humble enough to say, we're not sure if we can handle this all ourselves, so let's bring in someone else. Awesome. On that note, Pat, what's your best ever advice? My best ever advice would just be to take action. There's a lot of analysis paralysis that I see on Facebook or on the message boards or whatever it may be. People talking to me, oh, I I wanted to do what you're doing, but I'm too afraid or this or that. I don't know. And my biggest thing is I remember sitting there reading Best Ever Syndication, Joe's book and reading it and sending it to Ricardo and saying, we got a little bit of a blueprint. We need some on-the-job training. So let's just take action and let's do it. So the biggest thing is learning and studying and all that is super important and necessary, but at some point all that has to stop so you can take action. And obviously the learning never stops. It just kind of slows down because it becomes on the job training. Absolutely. Where can people get in touch with you? You can email me, my first name, Patrick at vectoredequity.com, vectored equity on all our social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever that may be. You can add my personal pages as well. All that's good, but feel free to send me an email. Would love to reach out our website, vectoredequity.com. So should be relatively easy to find. Always would love to talk to people just starting out, looking for co-GPs or whatever it may be. Great. And Pat's email and social media links are in the show notes. Pat, thank you. Best ever listeners, thank you as well for tuning in. If you've gained value from this interview about asset management and relating a military career and a piloting career to real estate investing, please do subscribe to our show. Leave us a five-star review. 
And please share this with a friend you know we can add value to through this conversation. Thank you and have a best ever day.